Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. If you'll take out your copy of God's Word, I want to have you put your finger in Luke 19, which is Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday, everybody. And then flip over to Revelation 21. And I want to preach a Palm Sunday message out of the book of Revelation. I want to connect some dots uh, that I think will will be powerful this morning because it's the word of the Lord. I do hope, anybody got your yard sign out? We've driven through town and seen a couple of those yard signs. And I've been tempted to take pictures of them, but then was reminded I was driving, so I didn't. But... Get your yard sign out. Make sure you've got those cards. Those are tools. Those are tools for a conversation, right? So we want to get as many people here Friday night. Let me just tell you, in case you've not been to a Friday night, I had somebody last year that grew up in church all of their life said that Friday night was one of the most powerful services they had ever been in. It's about 65 or 70 minutes. And just to give you kind of a, uh, I like to know what I'm coming to. Uh, So let me tell you, it's just, it's kind of liturgy infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we go kind of song preaching, song preaching. And so there's, we preach through in two to three minute little clips of the the seven, the last seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. And of course, we'll give people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Great opportunity. Uh, People of Catholic background, people of unchurched background. It's just going to be a powerful time. Will you make that a priority this week to come on on, uh, Friday night? It's going to be amazing. And then Easter Sunday, that's like Super Bowl Sunday right for church folks so get here and everybody's team wins it's like Super Bowl Sunday and all 30 teams you're gearing up for the draft but it's but it's going to be an amazing morning and we're going to celebrate our risen savior together this morning this morning the word that is strong in my spirit um, is on the power the power of anticipation the power there is a power in anticipation um Anticipation, you can think of it in, in several ways. You know, you may think of anticipation, the power of anticipation on your wedding day. Uh, any engaged couples in the, in the house, I'm not going to pick on you, but if you're engaged this morning, hope, hopefully, if there's not an anticipation, you may want to visit somebody and do some sort of premarital counseling somewhere. Hopefully, there's this sense of like... Better days ahead, right? This, this spirit of anticipation, it's, it's the, the sense of Christmas morning is coming and whether you're six and opening the presents or 60 and watching grandkids opening presents, there is an anticipation when you woke up and it said 30-something degrees. There's an anticipation of something called summer. And summer vacation. Come on, anybody anticipating a good amen? Shout to the Lord for summer vacation. It's coming. Any high school or college seniors in the house, you're anticipating graduation, right? Graduation. So there's just this, there's this anticipation. And, and what would happen if we were able to harness the power of anticipation? It might look like, so if you're leaving for vacation on a Saturday, it might look like harnessing the power of anticipation, it might look like how much work you were able to get done on Friday. 
You know, the day before you leave on vacation, you get more done that day than you did the entire month combined. You know what I'm talking about? Because there is an anticipation like, I'm going to bust through these emails. I'm going to clean the house. I'm going to, I'm going to go, we're going back to school shopping and it's not even August yet. I mean, just, you want to get all of these things done because there's an anticipation. That's the harnessing the power of anticipation in your life. What if, what if you could tap into just a little bit of the power of anticipation? anticipation and and live with that right think of the think of the energy that you would have think of the things that you would be able to accomplish and 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 think of that not just physically but think of that spiritually here's the problem I don't think that we harness the power of anticipation in fact I'm not even so sure we have the power of anticipation and here's why because um we bought a product on QVC and it doesn't work in our kitchen like it did when they were using it, when Lori was demonstrating it on QVC. Or we entered into a relationship and in that relationship they spoke words to us promising things to us that five years later they did not come through on those promises. And so, and so here's what happens. I don't, think a lo- I don't think a lot of people honestly live jaded and cynical. I know, that, I know that happens. I don't think that's most people. But I think a lot of people live cautious and guarded. And can I tell you this morning that I think it may be more dangerous spiritually for you to live cautious than it is for you to live cynical. Because the Bible says that God wishes we were either red hot or ice cold. Have you found that in, have you found that in your life that sometimes it's easier to talk to a person that's never even heard the name of Jesus than it is for somebody that kind of grew up in this thing and we become lukewarm and we lose, we lose our power of anticipation because we've seen some things and we've, we've heard some things. And so I want to preach a word this morning to anybody in the house who's ever been hurt. I want to preach this word to anybody that has ever been let down. I want to preach this word because here's what the enemy will tell you. He'll whisper this in your spirit. He'll say, don't get your hopes up. It's just another sermon. Don't let the preacher talk you into this. It's it's another Easter. Don't let them sing a song about resurrection power because you got your hopes up. And here's what I sense the Spirit of the Lord saying this morning is just crossing out the don't. And the Spirit of God is saying to somebody this morning, go ahead, I double dare you, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Let them, let them rise in this place. But again, we've, we've seen some things. Maybe you got, this came in my, this came in my inbox this past week. I got a, I got, I don't even know why I clicked on it. Curiosity, I guess. But it began, it began like this. Dear valuable customer. Which already makes you want to lean in, right? Like, I, I am valuable. I do, I do have value to you. We have, we have been expecting you to contact us. Oh, for your long existing package that was registered with us for shipment to your, I love how specific they are here, to your residential location. We, we thought that the UK National Lottery Board 
See, I am a valued customer <laughs> because I was in the UK and I didn't play the lottery. But maybe that cup of tea that I bought came with a lottery ticket. I don't, I don't know. I mean, apparently, <laughs> the National Lottery Board gave you our contact details to contact us. And it may interest you to note that a letter was added to your, and I'm going to leave the name of this company out because um, I don't believe the C-mail came from them. Add to your package. However, we cannot read the full content to you via email for privacy and security reasons. I mean, that makes sense. So uh, we, we understand that the package itself is a winning bank cashier check worth over $1.5 million. Y'all, your pastor's a millionaire, apparently. Because, oh, wait a second, there's another paragraph. Hold on. Note that you will have to pay the total security fees of 321 U.S. dollars to this security company in India being full payment for the security keeping fee. So um, if the ushers would to, prepare to receive... Come on, y'all, it's just $321, and I'm going to get $1.5 and I will tithe. And missions giving and kingdom builders, but, but here's what happens is we've got a few of those emails, and we've heard a few of those promises, and we end up living spiritually cautious, and we, ended up, and we end up living spiritually guarded when, again, there is a power. I want to speak this into you this morning, the power of anticipation. Let's go back to the story on Palm Sunday. The guys in the crowd and the ladies in the crowd got a lot wrong on Palm Sunday, but here's what they got right. They got right the power of anticipation. So if you're not familiar with the story, the story basically goes this. Jesus was ready to come into the city and he sends his disciples to a random house. Maybe they knew this person, but the Bible does not give us any indication that there was previous contact with this individual, and Jesus just says to them, hey, go to this house, ask for the donkey, and if the guy comes out and says, what is it for, just say, oh, the Lord needs it. Now, if you don't think that's a miracle, go ahead and try that in the parking lot after church. <laughs> just and, and, what, any, any SUV, just walk up to that as the owner comes up, just ask them for the keys. Oh, why do you need the key? The Lord needs it. You can even, you can even, I mean, may, I mean, he might. You don't know, right? I mean, he may, maybe he does. Maybe you're going to drive in that vehicle to a restaurant and witness to your wait, waitress and give them like a really good 30% tip and then leave the invite on the C, uh, to the CFA Easter service and they're going to come. I mean, you don't know, maybe, maybe. So the Lord, the Lord needs it. And the guy just, here's, here's my donkey. Right here, and so Jesus gets up on the donkey and, and he rides into the city and this is where the people get it right. The people are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're taking their cloaks and they're laying them down. They're taking we, not so we, and really huge palm branches and they're taking these palm branches and waving them as Jesus is coming in and they have this power of anticipation. So here's where they got it right and here's where they got it wrong. They had, they had hope, but their hope was in the political system. 
So in the story, they go in just a couple of days from shouting Hosanna to shouting crucify him because they hoped that Jesus would be their earthly king and they hoped that salvation and change for the society would come through a political system. Now, of course, that seems laughable to us because in 2018, we would never, I mean, we are much more spiritually mature and we would never put our hopes in a political, I mean, that's just... That's just silly to put your hopes in, in any kind of political system. And so we know to put our hopes only in Jesus. But they, but they didn't have that understanding. So they were putting all their hope in a political system. And here's what it was. Right emotion, wrong delivery system. See, that's what, that's what I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is saying to somebody this morning. The hope that you have in your heart, it's the right emotion, but you've put it in the wrong delivery system. See, you can't put all your hope. I hope you got great kids, but you can't put your hope in your kids. I hope you have a great spouse but, or, or, or great friends, but you can't put your hope in them. The, only, the way to hope is that you put your hope not in a not in a system, but in a person. And it doesn't matter whether that person is riding into Jerusalem and all of culture and all of society is bowing down at him and shouting Hosanna or culture turns on him and is shouting crucify him. Do you know you got to serve Jesus whether it's popular or not? Because sometimes the crowds will say, yes, Jesus, and sometimes they will shout, crucify him. But how about a church that says, my declaration is going to be the same no matter what society says? Come on, give them praise this morning because your praise is not dependent on what culture, on what somebody else says about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's dependent upon who he is. Same power, same power that raised Jesus today lives in us and allows us to make this declaration. And so as Jesus is coming and he's walking into this city, the makers of the Passion of the Christ movie included this line. Theologian and, and uh, philosopher Peter Kreeft says it's the most beautiful line in the most beautiful movie ever made. But the line that Jesus says in this scene as he, he's struggling under the weight of the cross and carrying the cross up the hill, he looks at his mother and he utters these words, which Jesus does say. He just doesn't say it in the Gospels. They took a little bit of creative license. Jesus actually says this line in Revelation. And he looks at his mom, and it's my favorite scene in the whole movie. If you remember, as, as there's kind of these flashback scenes to when uh, Jesus is small and he's playing and his mother is raising him and, and all through his life and he looks at Mary and looks her in the eyes and her eyes, she's experiencing the pain and the agony and the torment of seeing her son undergo this pre-crucifixion uh, ritual as he's carrying the cross and he says, Mother, I make all things new. I make all things new. And that's why this morning, that no matter what your situation is, that you can get your hopes up because Jesus made that statement. Let's go to the book of Revelation, Revelation 21. Now I want to read the word through verse 5 this morning. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and He will dwell among them. They will be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Let me give you several things from God's Word that you can get your hopes up about this morning. Number one, you can get your hopes up that someday you are going to live in the ultimate dream home. The, the ultimate dream home. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced the emotion of, you know, you're coming out of college dorm life and you're going to get your first apartment. I I remember after college dorm life and after college apartment life, my first little two-bedroom townhouse in Concord seemed like a mansion because it's all about perspective sometimes, right? But there's that anticipation, or if you're buying a home, an anticipation of the closing date, an anticipation of your first home, an anticipation of upgrading, an anticipation of all the kids are in college, we're going to downsize, and anticipate. There's that anticipation. So maybe just a little bit of a survey this morning out of, let me just give you four choices. So let me give you the choice of uh, log cabin in the mountains or beach beachfront condo or kind of just like this really nice home in the country or uh, at like an urban uh, townhome or something in the city. So if you had your, your choice out of those four, how many would choose dream home in the mountains? Mountain people, all right. Some people very passionate about that. And hey, when I win that UK lottery, maybe, maybe I can <laughs> pray for, pay for it in British pounds. Uh, how many beach would choose the, the beach home? Anybody just put me in the country, nice, sprawling, give me some acreage. And then how many urban dwellers that we have? So over, over these different areas, right? And, and in fact, if you, maybe some of you didn't raise your hand for any of those, or maybe, um, maybe at some point in your life, you're going to have a, uh, you know, hard time making a decision. You want to live here. Your spouse wants to live here. You want a ranch. They want a two-story, or you get into it and... Um, you know, you're trying to choose the color hardwoods or carpet or anything. And there's actually, I don't know if you know this, they've actually come up with kind of an algorithm now to help you make those decisions. And let me help you out with this. So this will help you in your, in your life. And, and the, the algorithm is, how many of you grew up with this? The algorithm of mash, mansion, apartment, shack, or house. And, but you can use this, you can use this. Uh, see, I'm going to save somebody's marriage right now. You can put like 
four places to eat and whichever one comes up you can put you know home in the country you can make you can make all kinds of decisions based on this and this doesn't really have anything to do with the message but i just thought that i would help somebody out in making a decision but here's what here's what the bible said then i saw a new heaven and a new earth a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I don't mean to rock anybody's theological world this morning, but ain't none of y'all going to spend eternity in heaven. I, I know some of you were like, I knew it, I knew it. I, I just, you know, I've been trying. No, I'm not... I'm not talking about your spiritual condition. I'm just talking about actually biblically, you know that you don't go to heaven, right? You know that, no, let me read this. I'm getting some really weird looks here. Let me just read. This is not pastor's opinion. Okay, this is the word of God. Then I saw the new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming. Which way was it coming? Ah, coming down out of heaven from God. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. And actually, I think this is really encouraging because the picture that some of us have that heaven means we're going to get little wings and a harp comes out of Renaissance paintings, not from the word of God. And so you can just, and by the way, that seems really boring to me. Like, I don't want to fly around in clouds for all of eternity. And I'm sorry, well-meaning worship leader, who said, you know, we're just going to spend the first million years worshiping Jesus. Can I just tell you that I like worshiping Jesus as much as anybody else, but you know what I also like to do? eat. And you know what I also like to do? Other stuff. So you're not just going to be, you're not, this is not frozen. That's not frozen heaven pose, okay? Heaven is going to be, like, just think more Eden. Like the Garden of Eden. So think no bugs, 74 degrees every day, mansion, like your perfect dwelling place. That's what heaven is going to be. Relationships. Heaven is going to be, we're actually, and I could go into a lot more scriptures, but probably we're going to have jobs to do, not jobs of drudgery, but jobs. Remember, Adam and Eve worked before the fall. So what did Adam and Eve have before the fall? They had perfect relationship, perfect jobs, perfect surroundings. It was really, really good. Let me just try to paint a picture that there is a real hell and you don't want to go there and there's a real heaven and it's going to be heaven on earth and you want to go there. Come on, can I get an amen for that? So hopefully there's this anticipation and we went, can I, can I be honest? I went through this season as a preacher because some of what we were hearing in like, I don't know, I don't even know if it was conferences or, or classes or something like that was, hey, don't, and maybe this was, I, I don't want to put this on anybody else. Maybe it was just my interpretation, although I don't think so, because you don't hear a lot of sermons on heaven anymore. And here's why, because the, the theological slant was this. Well, you got to preach, you got to preach stuff that works on Monday. Like people need to know how to just live on Monday. And can I just tell you, I don't know a better way to get through Monday than to know that I have a future and a hope and heaven on earth will be my home. 
Hopefully there's an, there is a reality to this that is not this mystical, ooh, somewhere out there, someday we get to flying around, fly around in the clouds. But we get a real dwelling place on this earth that I hope infuses you with anticipation because maybe there's somebody and you're walking through a season of your life and you don't have much to anticipate. Maybe you walk, are walking through a season where you're getting a negative doctor's report. Maybe your family just came from the funeral of a loved one. Maybe, maybe you're walking through a season where there is relational hurt and pain. And if you look at it on paper, you would say, Pastor, I'm having a hard time getting out of bed because there's not much to anticipate. But you can anticipate a wonderful, glorious, perfect future heaven on earth number two number two you can anticipate you can get your hopes up about the perfect wedding day verse two says as a prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband is there is there a better picture of anticipation i stood on friday in this very spot had the honor of of doing uh, a wedding for a couple that attends cfa here i've known the uh, the one family for years he was a student in in camdenized youth ministry came up he's a police officer in concord just a just a strong and a fine young man and it was such a joy to stand in this spot as, you, as I watched him and the doors open and she came down that aisle and just the look of, of pride and love and anticipation, that's a, that's a picture, that's a picture, listen, that's a picture not just of your wedding day, but a picture of the anticipation that should be in your heart that I get to spend an eternity with Jesus because number three, it's connected to the greatest relationship and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God again this is not just about a place this is about a person a perfect relationship that God dwells among us think of the most joyful times in your life I bet there was a connection to a sensed reality of the presence of God like just that Boy, God, God is near. I feel God. I sense God because it is the presence. It's not circumstances in your life. It's not the amount of money in your bank account. It's not the title on your office door. It's not the situation of your family. It is the presence of God that will bring us full joy in our lives. And number four, we get, we get to get our hopes up about a happy ending. The Bible says then in verse 4 that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Think about that. Think about the curse being completely canceled. Think about never having to be nervous of awaiting the results of an x-ray again or an MRI or a CAT scan. Think of parents never having to be nervous when your teenager is out and driving. Think about never having to be anxious about any situation. No more bad days. No more heartache. Healed emotions. A happy ending. But again, sometimes we're so used to hearing stories about 
happy endings and even our stories with happy endings, if you research them, a lot of them don't have happy endings. I don't mean to mess up anybody's Disney theology, but do you know that in the original Cinderella, she killed her stepmother? So that's nice. We don't put that in, in cartoon form. And Snow, Snow White, the, the wicked queen, was forced to wear a pair of burning hot shoes and dance until she fell over dead. Um, again, we're just going to gather all the children and have a nice, <laughs> nice movie night. And, and then Ariel, Little, little Mermaid, uh, well, she, she drinks a potion that allows her to walk on land, but the, two, the stipulation was she feels like she's walking on knives while she's walking on land. But she did it for true love, and uh, the prince chose another girl. So there you go. There's, there's, your, there's your happy endings. God bless you. We'll see you Easter Sunday morning. But like these, you know, even these... Even these stories, right, of happy endings of like we say, oh, well, that just happens in the movies or, or maybe that just happens once in a while. But God paints this picture for us that happy, happy endings, y'all, happy endings aren't Disney stuff. They're church stuff. They're Jesus stuff. And it's not something that you have to be guarded about. It's not something that you have to be jaded about. It's not something that you have to be cautious about. I can say on full authority of the word of God this morning, Morning, that you can go ahead like David said why he was talking to himself read David if you don't think David y'all sometimes David needed Prozac read some of the Psalms he was he was talking to himself he was trying to get his emotions one of my favorite David prayers why are you so downcast oh my soul put your hopes in God David was saying get your hopes up get your hopes up enemies are coming against me get your hopes up people People don't like me. Get your hopes up. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.